today I'm going to talk about, uh, in, in these three weeks, talk about knowing God's will. And it's something that I've been thinking about for quite a while, and probably since I became a Christian over 40 years ago, but particularly the last few years, because uh, as you could imagine, um, doing counseling, I, I hear all kinds of stories. And um, one story, for example, uh, a few years ago, somebody had been doing counseling with said uh, or announced I'm going to marry this guy and I knew this guy and this guy I knew her she's she's a Christian and he's not a Christian Uh, but she she explained to me that uh, she knows the verses we don't need to look at those verses um, but uh, God is doing something radical with her and she has such peace and and health uh, in this decision uh, and so she knew it was God's will that she marry an unbeliever. Right? So that's an easy one, right? That's an easy one. The scripture says, no, don't do that. Right? But it, it started to really make me think about how, how do we know God's will? And maybe uh, decisions that aren't so easy or aren't so clear from scripture. So, so I'm going to kind of walk through um, a few things. Um, and, uh, concerning that but but first just expressing how perplexing a subject this is now i'm I'm hearing an echo that's okay with me should i be doing something on my computer you don't hear it okay let me just turn down my hearing aid so i can't hear myself which is always a pleasant state honestly to be in okay um, uh, but but so this is perplexing. I, I think I, I have found it always perplexing. That's partly my personality. But um, just different questions. Uh, you know, does does God have a specific plan for my life? Right. Even in small decisions, does He have a plan for my life? Has my life been laid out for me? And if I'm if I know God's will and I follow God's will, um, will I will I follow this perfect? plan and life will be perfect but what if i deviate at some point especially early on am i off of god's perfect plan for me i think that's a question christians ask um what if i miss his plan for me by making the wrong decision today even if it's a small one And, and how does my freedom to choose my apparent is it just an apparent freedom to choose or do I really have freedom to make choice? And how does that work with God's foreknowledge of his plan for my life? If there even is such a thing. And is God trying to communicate with me uh, what his will is even today in making decisions um, and how does he communicate? And this is what I'm going to do today is talk about what we see in scripture in, in terms of God communicating his will. So if it's in scripture, I think there must be some validity to it. And, and we'll see things like dreams and a still small voice and coincidences, quote unquote, coincidence. we always go, well, quote unquote, coincidences um, and circumstances or signs. Is he, is that's in the Bible. Is he trying to communicate 
with me that way now? Is that still valid for now? And how does reason fit in? Me just thinking through uh, the things I understand about God when it comes to a decision. So it's perplexing. But it's also important. And that is a combination, right? Is it's 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 important, but um, but it can be confusing. And we see what what Paul says. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Do not be foolish. I don't I don't want to be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So I guess to not understand what the will of the Lord is is to be unwise and maybe maybe even foolish. I don't want that. Jesus, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So even Jesus sought his father's will for his life, and that's what he wanted to do. So he needed to know what that was. And I agree. That's, That's what I want also, at least a lot of the time. That's what I want. So, as I said, today we'll talk about how God has communicated his will in scripture to find uh, what, you know, what ways has he done that, to understand that, those as possibilities for me. And the next two weeks, we'll talk about decision-making pitfalls, uh, what scripture says, and then, and then some other ideas um, that are in agreement with scripture that, that we understand in our own lives. Uh, uh, so all of these different ways that God might be communicating with me when I make decisions, but I'm not, um, those ways, the things we're going to talk about today, uh, we'll discover have to be interpreted and, and how good am I at interpreting those messages that we're getting from God? And we'll save that for next week. There's plenty for this week. And then, so I'm not going to hide this from you. In the last week, in, in three weeks, it, we're going to discover it's all about wisdom. It's all about wisdom. So when we're, we're trying to understand God's will, it's going to be all about wisdom. Or almost all about wisdom. Okay. So what, I, what I've seen in, in looking at the different ways in scripture that God has communicated his will is, is maybe we can put these into two categories and we'll handle those separately today. That there's some kind of verbal communication from God and his, his written word. Okay. Of course, his written word, which we have, which the Jews had for a good bit of their history. Uh, but then we also see there, there are dreams and visions and angels that are, that are speaking and saying God is saying to do this. Um, sometimes it's there's very direct speech from God saying do this or write this down, uh, and then also something we, that are called um, promptings or desires. So we'll look at a couple of examples of those, which are which are interesting. So there's this direct verbal communication uh, from God. We see examples of those. Uh, but also there are uh, circumstances. I'll just use a broad term, circumstances, which is which are often called signs. Um, and the, the signs, these signs, these circumstances, things that happen that, that demonstrate that God approves of, of 
this or this person. Um, there are signs and circumstances that, that uh, God provides that pledge something for the future. There were casting lots. I mean, that would, would that be easy? Just keep a couple of whatever in our pocket. And when we need to make a decision, um, just roll them. And then that's what uh, God speaks. So that, that has been used. Uh, fleeces, we know about fleeces. Gideon in particular, we'll spend some time on that. There were other fleece-like things. Uh, and, then, and then other guidance by circumstances. And just to use some more modern language, uh, open doors, closed doors, although Paul used that, that phrase, that the door was open to me. Okay. So God has communicated to his people his will in, in these ways. And let's just take a quick look at some examples. Uh, as I said, through his written word, of course, right, through the Bible. And this, is, this could occupy the rest of our life. In fact, it will occupy the rest of our life. Even if we um, doubled and tripled and quadrupled the amount of time we spent looking at God's word every day, this would still, we couldn't exhaust this, where in scripture there are verses that have these words, and that, this is really meant to be extremely helpful. For this is the will of God. Okay, so right there, we should stop and say, well, excellent. God is revealing his will to me right now. For this is the will of God. In, in this case, in First Thessalonians, your sanctification. Okay, so I know it's the will of God that I become sanctified, that I become more holy, that I become more like the Lord Jesus Christ. I can use that. I can use that to make decisions. Um, and, and then... The verses that have these kinds of words talk about abstaining from sexual immorality. Okay, I should uh, should do that. Uh, give thanks in all circumstances. That, that being a thankful person is so important that it is the will of God in Christ Jesus that we be thankful. So I should give thanks. I should obey government authorities and love and honor other believers and also God serve him and fear him and love him. So that there, that's a lot of guidance right there. But we know this stuff. Well, we know it. But we, we would benefit from uh, really knowing it and really doing it. There's an, another kind of phrase, uh, lots of Bible verses that, that refer to pleasing God or what pleases him or what displeases him. So this one from Paul also. Discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Let's make it our business to understand what pleases the Lord. That's a pretty good charge that we, we should do good. Um, we should share what we have. We should rejoice and pray and again, give thanks. And we, we also learn from scripture that displeased, God is displeased by complaining and dishonesty and unfair weights and lots of things like that. So um, this is, you know, of course, of course, but, it, but it's very important. And you know what? Um, so just a little spoiler, when we come back to wisdom, this is going to be the foundation is to really understanding this because this is really about knowing the moral will of God. What is God's will for my life? Well, there's a bunch of content that we could call the moral will of God and just um, be like him, live like him. And here is going to be the big advantage of that is that, that we gain insight into to how God thinks, what, what he thinks, 
and then how God thinks. Okay. So uh, this, of course, is going to be important when we talk about wisdom. And I said in the end, it's going to all be all about wisdom. But you've already said it in your head. Like, yeah, but what about the decisions I have to make all the time uh, that aren't included in scripture? Um, should I marry this person? Should I marry at all? Should I go to this school? Lord, I have two job offers. Which one should I take? Can you help me with that? Which one would be better for me? Give me a sign. Give me some indication um, or help me to understand which job I should take. Right? So we run into that kind of stuff all the time. All the time. We are asked, can you do this? Uh, and we have to make decisions about, uh, about that. And those are not covered in scripture, not under even the moral law of God. <clears throat> but <clears throat> what about these things too? Um, we're pretty conservative Christians. Um, what about these things? What do we make of them? The dreams and the promptings and the circumstances and all that stuff that, that does happen, does show up in scripture. So that's what we want to talk about. <clears throat> and I'll break them into these two, the verbal communication and circumstances. So let's just talk a little bit about this, these, this verbal communication examples. It certainly is in scripture. It's like all through scripture. <clears throat> and here, just one example, but not the first example that, any, that somebody had a dream and it was God communicating. So Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Then he dreamed another dream and, and then everybody hated him even more. So there was, there, there was this, um, so he, God communicated something true in a dream to Joseph. It probably lacked wisdom to say it out loud, but the, 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 uh, the truth of it can't be denied. And, uh, and then if we just look, I'm sure I missed somebody here, but if we look through the Old Testament, you see all these people, uh, including all the prophets, getting this kind of verbal communication from God. And, and these three I've highlighted aren't believers. So he even has communicated to unbelievers this way. And wouldn't this be nice? Either the casting the lots or just so that the word of the Lord would come to Paul Rabideau, Paul Rabideau, and that that, you know, that would make life easier. And in, and we see it in the New Testament. This isn't just some crazy Old Testament thing. It's in the New Testament, Paul receives this vision and he wants to kind of repeat his first missionary journey, but he's not allowed to go to Asia and deeper into Asia. But this, this Macedonian man is, is standing there and saying, and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. I took, I took this footsteps of Paul tour. Uh, once with Gordon France and, 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 and where Paul lands, uh, there are all these paintings and this Macedonian man who looks like Alexander the Great is, is, is calling, calling Paul. Okay. And, and Paul sees this vision and he's convinced and his, the group with him and they, and they go. Okay. So somehow or another, he really understood this is what God wanted. And in the New Testament, it's all over the place too, including some unbelievers are, are, are spoken to in dreams and by angels and so forth or signs and circumstances. 
and and then later, you know, uh, earlier, Jesus had said to Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So it happened in the New Testament. Um, so those, um, those kind of, that kind of direct communication has happened. Does it, will it happen to me when I'm trying to understand the word, word of God? Some Christians will say, yes, yes, that, that has happened to me. It, what, and they often will say, well, it's not like I heard something, but, you know, but I thought something or it's almost like a voice. So sometimes these are called promptings uh, or, or another, another, um, Thing that some people will say is that the desires of my heart are given to me by God so I can pursue them as God's will. So these so-called promptings, uh, Nehemiah said, then my God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles and the officials and do what he was doing. God put it into my heart. He had this sense that God gave him a thought. Okay, of course, it didn't go here. It went here somewhere. God put it into my heart. And Peter says, the spirit told me. Go with it. He told me. We have these verses. The the desire of the righteous will be granted. And delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So sometimes we understand verses like this, you know, especially Psalm 37. He will give you the desires of your heart. Does that mean that what I want, he'll give me? Like if I pray to him in Jesus' name, I'll get what I want? Um, um, or does he mean that when I'm delighting in God or I'm, I'm being righteous, that I will receive by from God, the desires of my heart. I'll receive the desires. And then as a result, of course, I will get the desires of my heart because they are God's desires for me. And so I think it has must have something to do with that. But here, but here are some scriptures that suggest that that the things I want uh, could be a guidance uh, as long as I'm living a righteous life and delighting in God and maybe some other things that the things that I want are guidance for, Oh, this will be the will of God. I want to marry this young man. And I'm taking that as guidance from God because it's so good for me. And I get to have peace and that God wants me to have peace. So uh, you can see, I'm, is, you know, which way does it go? Which way does this go? Um, so we have dreams that influence us. Um, we have heard stories where someone in a certain circumstance, someone has appeared as helpful. And then you, the person that looked up and he, he was gone. We've heard stories like that. And we like stories like that. Um, there's a guy in my church who told me a story like that a couple of years ago, you know, flat tire pulled on the side of the road. And, and then the stranger, came and went and they, uh, 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 I accept that God was helpful there and we see but we see those stories with angels in the in the Bible a door opens a door closes we use that language right? <clears throat> that, that means circumstances uh, uh, 
become available to us, an opportunity, or that circumstance gets closed down. And we might take that as God's guidance, or even ask, right? And Paul talks about an open door. We'll, we'll come back to many of these ideas in the coming weeks. The Holy Spirit has laid it in my heart too. <clears throat> you know, I just felt that God led me to, you know, God told me to. We, we have heard those things, and sometimes we might have said those things. So it's, this is not just something we find in the New Testament or the Old Testament. Sometimes we, we do hear these things and, and say these things. Um, and we consider themselves as guidance, or we might wonder, wonder if that is guidance. So uh, a few weeks ago, we were helping somebody move out of their house. And as we're moving all the stuff out of the house, uh, she picks up a book off the table and said, God had told me to give this to you. And I read a couple of chapters and it was a nice little book. And that was a nice thought. It was, that was nice. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if God said something to her or, or she thought of it herself, but that's what she said. And it was, it was nice. Right? I, I uh, remember when I was in graduate school at Rutgers, that's how I ended up in New Jersey. Um, before I met my wife, Frida, um, uh, really liking this girl, this undergraduate girl that somehow I had met. And, uh, but, but she's not, a, wasn't a Christian. And I knew that was a problem. And, uh, but I don't know, I liked her and pursued her a little bit. And then one night I had a dream. And, and by the way, she had no interest in me. And one night I had a dream. And, uh, and the dream was she, had, she showed interest in me. And then I, I, in the dream, I, I was like, oh, no, now what am I going to do? Because I know this is wrong. And, and that really helped me think through that issue. And then at, at that point, I decided, forget it. You know, what, am I, what am I doing? I'm just pursuing a path that isn't going to produce anything. So that was helpful. Did God give me that dream? <clears throat> or was that sort of a wish fulfillment? Which a lot of my dreams are dealing with today's anxieties or maybe wish fulfillment. But in that particular dream, <laughs> I had the wish fulfillment. She showed interest in me, but then something else got introduced. Like, what are you doing? But that was helpful, right? And we could probably all name things like that that have happened to us. Is it guidance from God or is it my own mind thinking thing like a sanctified mind dealing with questions? I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter, but but we will. Uh, and some and, and maybe it doesn't matter whether I got that book or didn't get that book. It doesn't matter. But there will be there are much more important examples. Someone who quit their job uh, because God told them uh, to do that, and that because there was something better, and then nothing better came. Months and months and months later, um, or. Uh, someone told me, approached me and said, God wanted me to share this thought, this, what, this information with you. And that information, I had nothing, I had no business knowing, knowing that. And, and it, it was very disturbing. And there was no purpose ever to know that. Did God, did that ha- did God share that? Or did that just come from her mind? Uh, like, I don't know. I can't judge that. Um, 
So sometimes these examples are important, and, and sometimes they're not. But they do seem to happen to us. So how should we think about them? Uh, and should we use them for decision-making? Okay. So let's, let me spend a little more, uh, or we're going to turn our attention now to this, to signs or circumstances. We could start right with Genesis, uh, because the, um, God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. Let them be for signs and for seasons. Certainly the sun and the moon help us uh, keep track of time. And, um, uh, but also apparently from, from creation, um, they were also meant for signs. And, and we see some big examples like the Magi uh, following a star um, and uh, uh so there are, there are clearly God did use these. So e- even creation, um, uh, th- so there was some intention that God would provide signs. Okay. So let's just think about what a sign is. Okay. And I think there, there are two kinds of signs. So reading this definition from a Bible dictionary, an outward fact. Uh, so a fact, an outward fact serving as a proof of a divine deed or a pledge of a divine word, whether it's from God or from man. So the, the divine deed, the proof of a divine deed would mean it's been completed. I'll show you an example. Uh, but a pledge of a divine word, they're an anticipated deed. So let me, let's look at some examples here. And, and we see other words like portent, mark, wonder, a witness, uh, other words in the Bible for, for sign. <clears throat> okay. Um, Hebrews says, you know, and God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. So I guess that, that whenever he chose, sometimes he will, sometimes he won't. But he, it, the, the signs and wonders and miracles confirmed a message. And, and that's what it's about. Those, the, even the proof and the pledge it, God does a sign to confirm something. Okay. So if it's a pledge sign, it'd be something like this. Uh, well, we, we know this well from Isaiah seven, the Lord spoke to Ahaz who's king at the time, uh, ask a sign of the Lord, your God, let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. Ask, ask me for a sign. So the, the setting here is that <clears throat> there in Judah, um, Israel and Syria are conspiring to destroy Judah. And Ahaz is distressed. The whole nation is distressed. Now, this is not going to happen. Um, in fact, Israel and Syria are going to be wiped out um, over the next few decades. Um, so, so God is trying to reassure the people of Judah that don't worry, you don't have to worry. It's not going to happen. Um, I'm telling you, this is my word. It's not going to happen. But ask me for a sign. Ask me for something hard, and I'll do it. And then you'll know that I, the, the word I'm saying is true, and, and it won't happen. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. So he's reticent to ask for a sign. Uh, we'll come back to that kind of idea later. And the Lord said, therefore, the Lord, the Lord himself will give you a sign. You're not going to ask. I'm going to give you one anyway. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. 
And we, of course, know that as the Christmas story. But in their day, in the next chapter, we see that a uh, maybe Isaiah's wife, um, a young a young woman, um, gives birth to a son. That's what happens immediately after this. So a sign is given. It says Isaiah came unto her, and she bore a son. So, um, and the word virgin can mean a, a number of different things at this time. But um, so there was a short-term sign. And when they saw that, and maybe she was barren, or there was something remarkable about that. And that gave assurance to, the, to everybody there that, um, okay, something, he, God did a miracle. He said, I'm going to do this. And he did a miracle as a sign that he could do whatever he wants. And, and you can be at rest on this. But then God, and this is just the great thing. And then God reuses that later when the Messiah comes. Is Judah cannot be destroyed. Is it, Judah's going to produce the Messiah. So I love this because it just connects, it connects scripture uh, and God's plan over hundreds of years. Then, of course, so there was a pledge, a sign, a, a pledge or something I'm going to do. And then there's a proof. Yeah, now, Jesus did many other signs. These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So the, the sign miracles, and in fact, in John, they're called signs. Um, that when G- Jesus did miracles, it was proof that God was with him. Okay, so those are the kind of, these are circumstances. These are things that happen in the world, um, but, and they're signs. There are lots of signs. I would really enjoy covering all of these with you. I will not, I won't do that. Um, uh, I won't do that. But you remember, and they're well-known stories, some of them. Uh, you know, Isaac is going to get a wife. And, and uh, the, uh, the servant said, well, God, uh, I'm going to say this, and then she'll do this and say that, and then they'll know I have the right one. And it happened just like that. And Saul is anointed king, and Saul doesn't believe it. Samuel, but then Samuel says, look it, walk from here to here, go through these towns. When you hit the first town, you say this, and they'll do this, and they'll say that, and then go to another one. And this whole day, Samuel explained, this is exactly what's going to happen, word for word, this whole day. And then you will know that you are going to be king. And it happens that are called signs, that all those signs were fulfilled. Uh, Jonathan um, was going to attack the, uh, the uh, Philistines. And he said, okay, God, should I do this? If I'm going to say this. And if they say this, I won't attack. If they're going to say this, though, I will attack. And that means you're going to bring victory. And it happened. And, he had, and, um, and of course, they're casting lots. You know, heads, heads, it's this. Tails, it's that. And, and, and that happened. Well, I want to talk about Gideon since we know a lot about Gideon. Gideon had already uh, been visited, by the time we get to this verse, visited um, by the angel of the Lord and been told, I'm going to use you to to wipe out Midian because Midian was raiding uh, constantly and, and the people were starving. And as soon as they grew their food, the Midianites stole it. And so, so then Gideon said to God, so Gideon, um, <clears throat> so Gideon heard the message, heard that message, was afraid, 
and said, Lord, is this really you? And he asked for a sign. And the sign was a sacrifice um, and fire and burned up the sacrifice. Like, okay, I guess it is you. Okay, God, I guess it is you. But then we get to the fleeces, the, the fleeces. And Gideon said to God, if you will save, Gideon said, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, okay, so that's already happened. Behold, I am laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece alone and it is dry on the ground, dew on the fleece, dry on the ground, then I shall know that you shall, that you will save Israel by my hand as you have said. Okay. And it was so. It happened. Then Gideon said to God, um, let your anger not burn against me. So like Ahaz is like, uh, I don't want to be testing God here, but, but Lord, let me just speak once more. Please let me test just once more with the fleece. Uh, Please let it be dry on the fleece only and all on the ground. There'll be due. So God did. uh, And God did so that night. So Gideon, Earlier was questioning, is this really God speaking to me? And God did a miracle. And then now he's wondering, did I hear this right? So he's questioning his understanding. And he, and he checks out, is this what you said? If that's the case, the fleece, the ground. But he knew this could be a problem. He was a little shy. Don't be angry with me, God, but can we, can we do this? Can we do this again? But it's interesting that God did it, and it was so. Like God didn't get angry. He's worried he'd be angry. God did not get angry, right? So I question, can I put out a fleece? And we, we might think this way sometimes. We, we hear people say, well, I fleeced it, and, and, and the, the ground was dry, or, or whatever it was. And so I took that job. Uh, so MacArthur says Gideon's requests for signs and the fleece should be viewed as weak faith. Uh, God had told, has said, this is what's going to happen. And, and uh, Gideon asked for signs. And the Life Application Bible notes say it's poor decision-making method, usually inconclusive. He did have to ask for two or three signs in this dialogue. The, the first fleece, that wasn't enough. I think that's what they're talking about. Or yes, right? <clears throat> the request was reasonable and God was gracious when he granted it. Was, wasn't angry. Okay. So I don't know. Well, can we put out fleeces? And um, you know, just as we wrap up this discussion, <clears throat> some thoughts about, about the fleece, but just I think also about many of the other ways that God has communicated. Um, just thinking about the pros and cons of this, or the issues around this, and that's where I'm going to leave you today, is 15% more perplexed than you were when you came in this morning. You weren't even thinking about this today, uh, but on a normal day. Okay. So, well, on the one hand, signs have been a legitimate form of communication. We saw this even th- into the New Testament. Uh, creation was built to provide signs. So it must be, have been God's intention to do that. Must, there's some legitimacy there, I think. <clears throat> With Ahaz, he's like, just ask me for something. Ask. And when he wouldn't, he said, I'm going to do it anyway. So he's offered and, and done it. <clears throat> um, 
and and it's nice to know that when our wake our, our, our faith is weak that god's gracious with us that's nice to know um but do we see any we see casting of lots early in acts before the holy spirit is given right uh we don't see any more casting of lots we don't see any i don't think we see any fleecing it in in the new testament maybe you have an example and share that with me i'll strike this but i don't think so um and 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 it may diminish over time um signs can be if we did a more thorough survey we would see that there were examples in the old testament where the signs were produced falsely as deception and in the in revelation that will happen so signs can be false or they can be conflicting or inconclusive and they can be misinterpreted and i wonder you know how does the fact the bible is now complete uh, nobody in the bible that we looked at had a full bible and the holy spirit's been given how, how does that bear upon our our situations um So I, I want to make just a couple of other observations, and that is the fleece and and the fleeces include Jonathan and the Philistines and some other situations. People, the, these individuals asked for the supernatural to happen. Right? It, it, it wasn't well. If when I show up, if the door is closed, then I'll I won't go in for the interview. If the door is open, I will go in for the interview. It, it, that's not a miracle. The door could be open or closed. They ask for something unusual, something miraculous. So if we're going to fleece it, we, we ought to think about what it, what it was. What, what is it, you know, what is putting out a fleece? And, and we have to acknowledge that signs have to be interpreted. And we'll talk more about the difficulties of that next week um pharisees said that jesus's miracles uh, indicated he had a demon right and uh, this is a uh, the, the men in the cave so you remember david and his men were hiding in a cave a few hundred of them saul comes in to relieve himself and david said and the men say god has put him into your hands meaning go kill him or let's kill him so there's a circumstance that occurred. They're hiding. Saul comes in. That's the circumstance. He comes in. That's the circumstance. They interpret that circumstance to mean it is God's will for you to kill him. David goes up and cuts a, a bit of his cape off and, uh, and he feels guilty about that. But he doesn't kill him because he says it is not for me to kill God's anointed. So David did not interpret so you have to interpret the circumstances and and we do that all the time like well the door was closed so and either metaphorically or actually and we interpret the sign the circumstances Um, and and and, i mean the circumstances certainly define the choice set like what the options are um but should we we have to be careful right so let me just conclude with this idea that Paul, in, in the end, all, after all, he writes to the Thessalonians as he's traveling, 
He says, do not despise prophecies, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. Okay, so um, do prophecies still exist? Is that God communicating? And he says, don't despise them, but test them. Test everything. And what's good, keep it. And what's not good. Okay, so that's Paul's rule for dealing with things. So I'll just conclude with this, that um, I think we have to proceed with caution. And I, I think, you know, maybe Paul says, don't look down on these things. I don't look down on these things. It's information. Did God put that thought in my head? Was that door open because he wants me to walk through it? Is that door closed and locked, but he wants me to knock it down? I don't know. I don't know if that's what he wants. So I'm just going to leave you here on Mother's Day with a little state of increased perplexity. Um, and we're going to talk more about how to, uh, I mean, how to think about these things. And then in the end, we're going to talk about wisdom and how that fits in, because that's clearly important. Okay, Lord, uh, just thank you for this day, uh, for our moms, uh, that my mom is still alive and doing very well in her late 80s. Just really appreciate her, Lord. Thank you. Just ask you bless her today. And, uh, and all the moms, uh, including my wife, uh, who has done so much for all of us. Um, and Lord, just ask that you bless all the moms here today uh, and the kids of the moms. And uh, just, Lord, just ask that you bless us. And, and particularly as we just ponder these things and uh, uh, increase in us a desire to want to understand you and your, your word and your will for us in our lives, Lord, and that we would obey, uh, obey uh, what you want us to do, your wishes, Lord. Um, and, but ask, Lord, you'd help us, help us to understand. Amen.